Good afternoon, everyone. Good to see you all. Can we get rid of that now? Just make it black. Thanks. Um, before we start, let's just pray, hey? I just want you to open your heart because I believe that God wants to speak to you today. I believe that he wants you to meet with him. So I just want you to spend a minute just opening your heart. Holy Spirit, we acknowledge your presence in the room today. We acknowledge your presence, Holy Spirit. And we open our hearts to you. We ask that you'd breathe on every heart because it's your will and your great desire that every heart would know you. So Holy Spirit, we pray that you would speak today. I ask that you would use my mouth to communicate your heart. And that every word that is yours would fulfill its purpose. And every word that is mine would fall to the ground. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh. I don't know about you, and I don't know if you feel it, but there's a stirring in the spirit. Thank you, Sam. Sam agrees. There's a stirring in the spirit. This is not a message for you to sit and be silent. If you get excited, I want you to agree with me, okay? Amen. I want to hear some noise. There's a stirring in the spirit. And God's on the move. And he always has been. But I believe he's even more so now than ever before. There's something that God wants to do on the earth that we can't even fathom. We can't even fathom it. It's better than we could ever dream of. And if you've been experiencing spiritual opposition, anyone know what I'm talking about? If you've been feeling any opposition or oppression, You're in good company because the devil's scared. There's a God and there's a devil. And the devil's very scared because God wants to do something on the earth. So he's been on assignment to discourage the people of God. And he's been on an assignment to isolate the people of God. Oh, isolation, such a devil. 
Such a devil. Man, if you've been, like, just feeling it's hard to get together with people of God, like, oh, that is, that is not our portion. That's just a devil trying to keep you isolated. He's been on an assignment to bring um, anxiety and fear and disunity. And he's been busy distracting and distorting and fogging people's minds. Can anyone relate to any of this? Or am I just preaching to myself? Anyone been feeling that sort of stuff going on? So the first thing, I'm not here to preach about that, but I'm here to encourage you and to declare to you, you're on the winning team. Amen. That deserves a loud amen. You're on the winning team. Amen. Take heart and have courage because Jesus has overcome the devil. Yeah? You're on the winning team. So the devil has no power. He has no authority. He's already been defeated. We're just going to like just stamp that little stake in the ground today. So I want you to go home and remember this when you start feeling those things. The devil has no authority unless you give it to him. Let's have a scripture so you can go home with a scripture. Ephesians 1.9. Ephesians is a beautiful book for you to camp in because it reminds you who you are. It tells you who you are. It tells you what your inheritance is as a son or a daughter. And I wish I could read the whole of the chapter, but I can't. But Paul is saying, this is your inheritance. And he says, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe? According to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. So hang on a sec. We have immeasurable power available to us. In fact, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, that, that's what we have. That's what we get when we get born again we get to have access to that power, right? And it says, Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also the one to come. So Jesus is seated, seated far above, how much? All, all. All, all, every demon, every devil, every oppression, every sickness, everything, all, 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 all. Get that into your head. Far above all rule and authority, all power and all dominion. And above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also the one to come. Now listen to this. And he put all things, how many things? all things under his feet and gave him as the head over all things to the, to the church. Whoa. 
So Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father, everything's under his feet. He has all authority. And then Jesus has been given to us, the church, and he's the head and we're the body. Guess who has the authority that Jesus has? Well, I do. I'm born again. I don't see any other hands in this room. Who has the authority that Jesus has? Come on now. Don't sell yourself short. You have the authority of Jesus. So I want you to go home this week and preach to yourself. Look in the mirror and say, I have the authority of Jesus. He's the head of me. All right, now we've got that out of the way. Praise God. (laughs) Okay, so if you feel like there's been oppression and it's been fierce and strong, we have to ask the question, Lord, what are you about to do? What's God about to do? If the devil's scared, what is he about to do? We're in a new era. A period of time where God wants to move like never before. It's the decade of declaration. We've just stepped into the decade of declaration. It's a time in history where we're going to see the greatest harvest of souls that we've ever seen before. It's a time in history where we will see miracles, signs and wonders, healings and a sovereign move of the Holy Spirit sweep through the land. That's the era that we're about to step into. That's where well, it started. It, it started in, in October. So here we are. We're in that era now. And the prophets in Australia, New Zealand and America, and I'm sure other prophets, but I was just at the Australian Prophetic Summit and we had prophets from Australia, New Zealand and America there. They're all saying the same thing. God's about to move. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. And you might be saying, that sounds great, Naomi. That's exciting. I even feel it. I feel it in my spirit. I can sense something happening. But what do I need to do? What does that mean? How can I partner with what God's doing? And I'm glad you've asked the question. Um, I could actually stand here for days telling you. We could talk about what you can do. I'm all about what it looks like. That's like my lane. I love to tell you. And I was actually, I actually had, I knew I was preaching like a month ago. So I had like a word for, for our church. I'm like, this is what it looks like, church. And the Lord said, no, no. That's a good message and it will come later, but you need to preach this one first. So I feel like this is a word for you today. It's a word for all of us as a church, as individuals. Larry Sparks, he spoke at the Australian Prophetic Summit and he said something. He said, God is declaring that he wants us to go up. 
Pentecost was all about him coming down. If you don't know, Jesus, when he walked the earth, he lived a perfect life. Then he died and he rose again and he ascended into heaven. And he told his disciples in John 16 verse 7, it's actually better for you if I go away because then the helper can come. That They didn't have the Holy Spirit yet because Jesus was still with them. And Jesus was saying, Jesus is amazing. Yes, who would have loved to walk with Jesus for three and a half years? But he actually said to his disciples, it's better for you that I go away because then I can send the helper. And before he left in Acts 1.8, he said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You'll receive power And we keep praying and saying, Holy Spirit, come down. Holy Spirit. But the truth is, he's already here. He came down on Pentecost. He's in you. If you're born again, Holy Spirit's here and he's in you. The thing is, we keep waiting for God to come out come down but in doing so we realize that he already has we fail to realize and so church it's time for us to go up it's time to access what what Jesus has paid for it's all about us going up and becoming friends of God So I feel like today God has a divine invitation for you. We're going to go to Hebrews 12. And I'm going to read it in the Passion Translation. And it's really cool when your worship leader reads out the same scripture that you're going to preach from and you haven't had a chat about it. That's pretty cool. God must be speaking, hey. Okay. It says, For we are not coming, as Moses did, to a physical mountain with its burning fire, thick clouds of darkness and gloom, and with a raging whirlwind. We are not those who are being warned by a jarring blast of a trumpet and a thundering voice, the fearful voice they begged to be silenced. They couldn't handle God's command that said, if so much as an animal approaches the mountain, it is to be stoned to death. The astounding phenomena Moses witnessed caused him to shudder with fear and he could only say, I am trembling in terror. Gosh, if you don't know, that's talking about in the old covenant People didn't have access to God. And so this is talking about the Israelites and they had been released from Egypt. Egypt, And the sole purpose that God brought them into the desert to the mountain was to meet with him. It was so they could worship him. It was for relationship. And God got super excited. You can read about this in Exodus because he was going to meet his people. They couldn't just pray. 
Today we just pray and we hear God speak. That, that wasn't a thing. They didn't have the Spirit of God living inside of them. So God was excited because he was going to meet his people. And so he comes down, the almighty God, onto a mountaintop. And there's fire and there's smoke and there's thunder and there's lightning and there's the sound of a trumpet. Gosh. And the people, they freaked out. They were like, God, if you speak anymore, we will die. Just give us some rules to obey. We'll obey the rules. We actually don't want, we actually, you're too much. We just want the rules to follow. That's why we got the law. But God's heart was for relationship. That just put, just so you get the context of what that's talking about. It goes on to say, so saying we're not coming to that mountain, you actually don't need to be afraid. It says, by contrast, we have already come near to God in a totally different realm, the Zion realm. You might be like, what's the Zion realm? When you read in the Bible about Mount Zion, it's the dwelling place of God. Don't let your brain have a little explosion. It's just talking about where God dwells. So by contrast, we have already come near to God in a totally different realm, the Zion realm. For we have entered the city of the living God, which is the new Jerusalem in heaven. We have joined the festival gathering of myriads of angels in their joyous celebration. And as members of the church of the firstborn, all our names have been legally registered as citizens of heaven. And we have come before God who judges all and who lives among the spirits of the righteous who have been made perfect in his eyes. Wow. Wow. Where does God live? Among the spirits of the righteous. If you've said yes to Jesus, he's made you righteous. If you've made Jesus your Lord and Saviour, he's made you righteous. It means you're right with God. 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says if, no, it doesn't. It says, he became sin who knew no sin that we might become the righteousness of God. That just means that Jesus, he became what we were so we could become what he is. He made us clean. He gave us a new heart. That's what happens when you get born again. He takes your old sinful nature out and he gives you a brand new heart. And that's just not so you can walk around saying, hey, I'm righteous. I've got a fancy new language and a fancy new heart. The 
reason for righteousness is so you can have access into the presence of God. There's no point in talking about righteousness if you don't use it for what it's for. Hmm. So if you're born again, God's spirit lives in you. You need to tell yourself that every day. Don't forget. Because that has big implications if the spirit of God lives inside of you. Huge implications. That's going to look like something. And sometimes we just forget That's why we gather together, by the way. So we just remind each other. We get to remind each other what what we're living for and what it's all about. We get to remind each other who we are because it's really easy to get distracted. It's really easy to forget, yeah? Okay, and then it says, and we have come to Jesus, hopefully, yes. You're amazing, Nesh, thank you. We have come to Jesus, who established a new covenant with his blood, sprinkled upon the mercy seat, blood that continues to speak from heaven, forgiveness, a better message than Abel's blood that cries from the earth, justice. So we're in a new covenant. And the word of the Lord to you today is forgiveness. It's forgiveness. Someone needs to hear that today. You're forgiven. When you turn from your sin and you say, Jesus, forgive me, guess what he says? I forgive you. I don't care what you've done. His blood speaks a better word. And his blood speaks over you forever. You're forgiven. You're my son. You're my daughter. And then it says, make very sure that you never refuse to listen to God when he speaks. For the God who spoke on earth from Sinai is the same God who now speaks from heaven. Those who heard him speak his living word on earth found nowhere to hide. So what chance is there for us to escape if we turn our backs on God and refuse to hear his warnings as he speaks from heaven. He's a loving father. He's forever speaking. It says that he longs and he wills that all men would come to salvation. All men and women and children, all people. He wants everyone to come to salvation. If he's speaking, if you feel him today, I feel like he'll speak something to everyone in this room. My encouragement to you today is today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. 
if you feel like your heart being stirred up, your spirit being stirred up, that's the Lord. He's got things to say to you. Ask him some questions. He wants, he, he wants to tell you. He lives inside of you. He's just looking for people that would listen, that would hear what he's got to say. It goes on to say, the earth was rocked at the sound of his voice from the mountain, but now he has promised, once and for all, I will not only shake the systems of the world, but also the unseen powers in the heavenly realm. My friends, that's the day we're standing in. That's the era we're we're entering into. The Lord's going to shake the systems of this world and the unseen powers in the heavenly realm. Now this phrase, once and for all, clearly indicates the final removal of things that are shaking. That is, the old order. So only what is unshakable will remain. Since we are receiving our rights to an unshakable kingdom, we should be extremely thankful and offer God the purest worship that delights his heart as we lay down in our lives in absolute surrender, filled with awe. For God is a holy, devouring fire. What is our response today? Lay down your life. Surrender. Lay down your life. Surrender. It's always the response when God's in the room. Lay down your life. Surrender. There's a call today and every day to go up the mountain of God, to enter the counsel of the Lord, to become a friend of God. He's made a way. And I don't know about you, I don't want to play church. And I don't just want to talk about God. I don't want to have this intellectual understanding about him and not be his friend. Friends of God, they stand before him confidently. Friends of God know what's coming and what needs to be done about it. Friends of God, they know the character of God. And friends of God carry the heart of God for mercy. And this is a season where God is looking for friends of God that will carry his heart. And you can't carry someone's heart if if you don't know them. And I feel like there's people in this room even now, gosh, hmm. I feel like there's people in this room and you're hurt because of the way God has been represented to you. Because there's been people talking about him 
and claiming to represent him, but they haven't been carrying his heart. And I feel like God wants to heal that today. John 17 verse 3, it says, This is eternal life, that you may know God and Jesus Christ whom he sent. Jesus has made a way and he's given you a helper, the Holy Spirit. So my question to you today is what are you doing with that? What are you doing with that? Are you just attending church on a Sunday or does it look more like a relationship? John, uh, James 4 verse 8, it says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. It's a promise. It's a given. It says, draw near to God. It, uh, it's, it's saying, you need to do this and this will happen. It's in black and white. It says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. He's done all the hard work. You might be like, well, why doesn't he just like, boosh, here I am. Because then that takes away our free will, takes away our choice. We only get the choice to draw near to him in this lifetime. We'll be in eternity forever in his presence. And we won't have a choice. When you're in the presence of the almighty God, your response is fall on the floor on your face in worship because he alone is the one who is worthy. So the invitation today, his invitation from heaven is will you draw near? Because I'm looking for friends, he says. I'm looking for friends. I'm looking for people that will actually carry my heart. So will you draw near? I was worshiping and praying on Wednesday. I run a church group on a Wednesday morning. It's one of my favourite times of the week. And I was just in prayer and I was worshipping the Lord and I was feeling amazing, jacked up, hyped up, because God's spirit lives in me. And there was a whole heap of women about to enter my lounge room and God was excited about that. So I was excited about that. And I'm praying and worshipping and I saw a vision. I'm not going to pretend to be super spiritual. I don't see visions every day. A vision is just like a picture. It's like there was a movie screen on my imagination, in my head. And I saw myself and I was climbing a mountain and I was prepared for the climb. I had sturdy walking shoes 
climbing shoes, whatever, you know, sturdy ones and good socks. And I had a backpack. I'm not a sporty, climb a mountain type of girl, but I was ready to climb this mountain. I had a backpack, had a hat on my head. My body, it looked fit. It looked like movie worthy, fit and tanned and muscly. I even had like a camel pack thing with, you know, the water, you suck the water out of the backpack. I had this. <laughs> anyway, I'm climbing the mountain and I was powering. I could see Jesus at the top and I was powering up this mountain. It wasn't even an issue. I was, my eyes were set on the prize and I was climbing the mountain and it was not hard. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't anything. I was just climbing the mountain. I was oblivious to the world. And then, out of nowhere, like a Mack truck, boom, I felt grief in my heart, like physically. And I was like, oh, oh, I'm like powering up the mountain and then I feel this grief. And I heard the Lord speak. And he said, Naomi, get my people up the mountain. And all of a sudden, I was very aware as I turned around and looked at the base of the mountain and there was a sea of people. And some of them, they weren't climbing. They weren't even trying to climb. They didn't even want to climb the mountain. And there were some that weren't prepared to climb the mountain. And there were some that were like climbing up the mountain, but it was really slow. Some were like stuck. They were like stuck on the mountain face. And I heard the Lord say again, Naomi, get my people up the mountain. And so I was like, awesome. Yes, yes. My life is not my own. I see the prize, but I'm going to go get some people and get them up the mountain. So I go down to the base of the mountain and I start to, I hold out my hand and some people willingly take it. And I'm like, come this way, I'll show you the way. Some people, they're like, "Uh uh-uh, not going up. And so I grab them and I start to pull and they're pulling the other way. And I look at the Lord and I'm like, do you see, they they don't actually want, want to go up. And he said, drag them up if you have to. Do you feel his heart? Drag them up if you have to. They didn't even want to go up the mountain. But the heart of the Lord is they actually need to. I've made a way. Get them up. Get them up there. Hmm. So I did. I kept dragging. And then there were some people that were stuck on the mountain. And I would be like, come, I'll show you. Or climb, climb on me, use me, climb on my shoulders, just get to the top. You just need to get to the top. Climb on my shoulders. God's heart is that you would know him. And he's looking for friends who will be about his business because they know his ways.
There's three types of people in this room. The first type, you may not know God. You may not have even said, I want to be born again. Or maybe you once were born again, but you've walked away for whatever reason. Maybe you're hurt. Maybe you were hurt by the church. Maybe you're in sin. I'm not here to judge you for that. Jesus' word over you is you're forgiven. If you'll just come to me. To you today, I say, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. He's reaching out to you. He wants relationship with you. He cares about you. And he says to you today, lay your life down so I can give you mine. He says, stop trying to live something that you were never created to live for anyway. He says, all you have to do is lay it down and I'll give you my life. It's abundant. The altar's open. This space at the front. If you feel him speaking to you, don't be afraid. You just come and you kneel before him and let him minister to your heart for the ones, for those people. Don't worry about what anyone else thinks. This is between you and God. He's calling out to you. He's just saying, come home. You're my son, you're my daughter. And if you're afraid, you can put your hand up. I'm not afraid to drag you or I'll walk beside you or I'll carry you if that works better. There's people I believe in this room and you're stuck. Maybe you've tried to climb the mountain but you've been a bit stuck and it feels hard. Today I want want to give you the invitation. You can stand on my shoulders. I can teach you. I can teach you how to know him. I feel like I could have stood here and given you a five-point message, a pretty one, on how to know him. But I feel like he just wanted to lay out an invitation today. If you're stuck, I want you to come to the front. I want you to kneel before him. We, that, that's not a problem. 
We exist as a body to lift each other up into the presence of God. That's why we exist, to stir one another up to love and good works. For you guys, it's time to be in his presence. You'd be surprised how quickly you learn to climb the mountain when you become accustomed to being in his presence. And it might feel hard to start with, but my gosh, when you've tasted, you never want to leave. You never want to leave. What you feed yourself with, that's what you're hunger for. When you start feeding on him, you'll hunger for him. The third type of people in this room, you're represented by the well-prepared woman who is climbing the mountain. You are regularly in the presence of the Lord. You live up there. It's your home. You're a friend of God. You can feel him stirring. This is no surprise to you, what I'm saying today, because you probably already heard it from him. And for you, the Lord's saying to you, Get my people in my presence. Get them up the mountain. Drag them if you have to. And I actually, I I actually want to pray for those people. Hmm, how to land. I actually want to pray for some people. All right. For those of you that are powering up the mountain, I want you to stand up. Don't be ashamed. It's an awesome thing to power up the mountain of the Lord. It's an awesome thing to know him. And I want you to come come to the front. Come. Your forerunners, praise God. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you guys. So open your hearts. He's here. For those still in your chairs, we haven't forgotten about you. Father, thank you for these guys. Thank you that they're powering up the mountain. Thank you that they love to be in your presence. 
And Lord, I bless them. I bless their walks with you. I bless them, Father, every single one. May they have more, Lord, more, more, more. More encounters with you. May they know the word of the Lord in season and out of season. Lord, may they hear your voice so clearly. And Lord, I pray that you would anoint them, anoint them to drag people up the mountain with them. Anoint them, Father, to drag people up the mountain, to help them get up the mountain. Bless them, Father. Anoint them. Anoint every single one. Bless them, Lord. Help them to get people up the mountain. Help them to be aware of those people that need help. Thank you, Father. Fill them with your spirit. Fill them with the fullness of your spirit, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Breathe on them, God. May they know your heart and may they represent you well. Amen, 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 amen. Okay, if there's people in this room and you, you don't know him or you've walked away from him, And you're like, oh, I hear him speaking to me. Just put your hand up. I see your hand. Can I, Sharon, can you just go over here to this lady here? Just on the end here. You're so courageous, well done. There's another one here. Erin, can you go to this lady here? We're going to pray together. We're going to pray together right now. This is a moment where you get to say, God, I lay down my life because I want to live for you. And I give you my old sinful nature and I'll take your righteous nature. And I want to know you. That becomes the reason for my existence now, it's to know you. So we're just gonna pray. You can pray after me. Father, I wanna know you. I believe that your son died for me and I lay my life down. I don't wanna live for me anymore. I wanna live for you. Thank you, Jesus, that you are giving me a brand new heart and you will fill me with your spirit. And thank you that I can become a friend of God. Amen. Amen. Just pray for her. Receive the Holy Spirit.
Come on, let's go. If there's people in this room and the climb up the mountain feels hard and you felt stuck, I want you to put your hand up. Alrighty. Wayne. More hands? Do you want to come? Come. Come. You guys come. Yeah. Luke, come. Jimmy. You can pray for Luke. Nadine, can you pray for Anamika? Is there anyone else? Intimacy feels hard for you. It's hard for you to know him. You believe in him, but it just feels a bit hard and you feel a bit stuck. guys I just pray right now thank you father that it's a lie from the enemy that is hard to know you and so we just silence those voices that have been speaking in the name of Jesus and we declare We declare freedom, freedom to know God, freedom to ascend the mountain, freedom to access everything that the blood of Jesus paid for. We just release that now in the room, in Jesus' name. Intimacy, 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 in Jesus' name.